Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. About a year ago, I was in a group chat with awesome people sprinkled across the United States. I miss all of you dearly. But today, we have somebody from the group chat on the podcast, which I'm super, super excited about. And we have been in talks for a long time about doing this. He pitched me this new band that he was starting and it sounded super awesome. I was really excited for him. And I feel like that was maybe like earlier in the year. So fast forward now, we're like in the later half of the year, he's got the band together. They just put out a demo and I'm super stoked because I listened to it and I'm gonna be honest, I'm being non-biased when I say this, I listened to the demo and I was into it. I was honestly surprised at how good the music is for it being like the first iteration of the band. So shout out to Strangle You, shout out to Drew Pledger, former guest of the podcast, shout out my buddy Cayman, who you're going to listen to me talk to for about an hour and a half. We just go off on stuff about the band, a little bit of comic book stuff. So. I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you take the time out of your day and go check out Strangle You. They're on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Great stuff. So without further ado, welcome Cayman to the podcast. Cayman, welcome to the podcast. What's up? Thanks for having me. Dude, this has been a long time coming. I'm happy that we're finally here and we're doing this. Uh, it's part of the dream come true, as corny as that might sound, because I know I'm never going to be a rock star and I obviously would never want to be with hardcore, but regardless, like, used to like watch a bunch of like interviews on YouTube and shit back when I first got into hardcore. So it's just like cool to be a part of that. Even if I'm not as like, um, relevant as, you know, people I would watch, you know, doing interviews back when I was younger. Dude, it doesn't matter. You made it. You're on the Jamie K podcast and you're in an awesome band. You're great. Well, the awesome band part, I appreciate the most. But not for real though. Thanks for having me. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, like when, when you first um, talked to me about um, you being, or you starting a band, I was like, okay, this is cool. And you would send me the lyrics and I would read them. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. But uh, I was always curious. I'm like, okay, like he has like awesome lyrics, but is he going to be able to put them to great music? And when you first sent me the strangle you songs, I, Honestly, I was surprised. I, I was like, damn, this is actually good music. Like, I'm not going to have to try to sugarcoat it to make them feel good. It's honestly good stuff. Okay. So to respond to that, um, genuinely stoked about that because, um, when I first got into hardcore, I just moved away from like, you didn't ask, but of course I'm going to ramble anyways. Um, I got into hardcore right as I moved from Birmingham, Alabama 
technically Macaw, Alabama, but it's a town you would never hear of. Anyways, um, got you know, it's around Birmingham. You know, me and my friends got into hardcore right around the same time. My friends there. And then I moved to Georgia. But where I lived, there was, like, no hardcore kid in sight. So um, the best I ever got was, like, I had a band practice with, like, three other dudes that didn't really care about, like, you know, the god-awful metalcore that you get into when you're young. But they were kind of into it. So it was, like, at least I could go that far with music. Uh, And it, hands down, (laughs) went nowhere. And then um, my first hardcore band was actually after i graduated and it was it clearly sounded like a first band it was awful and um we don't have to talk about it at all (laughs) but uh it was absolutely terrible and i am to blame because i'm not a good drummer and um actually i'd say we're all to blame but regardless the lyrics were actually my lyrics and they were also awful at the time i did not know how to write or form lyrics i would just kind of i don't know I, I didn't know how to write. I had no structure or anything. And, um, yeah, that's definitely a band that I don't expect anyone to ever care about. And I hope no one ever tries to care about it. So I was um, curious. I was at a show at Program a couple of weeks ago, and Zach was there. My boy. Yes. Um, so oh, oh, welcome to California, Zach. I hope you're loving it here. But uh, we were actually talking about Strangle You, and he told me this story um, about you being a fan of a band that he was in and they had taken some time his they had taken some time off and you had asked them to play a show and I, I guess like the singer wasn't down, so you're like, screw it, like I'll front the band if you guys play a show and that actually ended up happening. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I feel like he probably got that, uh, a little incorrect. Uh, I think, cause I think that band was still going at the time. It was a straight edge band called low roll. And, okay. uh, I don't, I, what, as far as I remember, he just couldn't be there. Uh, the vocalist that night. Cause, so I was in town. I think it was like United blood was coming up and I went to, I always go up and hang out with all of them around that time. So I think it was like, I was bummed they weren't on the gig or something. And I really wanted them to. So we just kind of jokingly said like, let me like front the band for the night. But I didn't know all their lyrics. I just knew lyrics to like the one song. And I don't really remember what the song was called, but we just said, fuck it, let's do this. So no one really knew it was coming, but it was like his other band was called Refocus, great straight edge band um at the time uh our boy justin fuck him he broke edge but no nah, i'm just kidding he's i love justin but um anyways i was just like yo let everyone switch up your instruments and let's just do it so you know we didn't practice or anything which they didn't really have to it was just all about do i get the lyrics right or not and you know i did uh i didn't fuck up as far as i know uh, it was fun and was that your, the, your first time ever like fronting a band yeah, but I mean, I don't even, that was fun as hell, but I honestly forgot about that. And so I would say Strangle You, the first show we had was definitely what I would count as my first time fronting a band, other okay. than like guest vocals. It was more important to me. Okay. And before Strangle You, you used to drum in a band? Yeah, so 
the first band I said I had that didn't count, and then the high school band that was really not a band at all. It was like we had like three practices and everyone stopped coming. Uh, but um, yeah, I had this band out here called Full Measures. We it was me and my best friend. Didn't ever expect to become best friends with them, but we started the band and then became best friends from hanging out all the time. And um, now the vocalist of that band and I are roommates, uh, me, him, his wife, and our friend Zach, that was our bass player later on. Uh, we're actually all about to part ways, but no, no hard feelings. We just all want to live separately, uh, finally. But um, yeah, so Full Measures, a lot of people knew about us, a handful of people. A uh, handful liked us, a handful didn't, and that was fine, because honestly, the band was awesome if I were not the drummer. If they had a better drummer, then the band probably would have went somewhere because I just, I'm not a good drummer. Um, then we had, after that, we had a band come out called Nom, None Above Me. Uh, I didn't record the drums on it. However, I could actually play them, surprisingly. I, it was all a matter of me having a better drum pedal. So I could play D beats like way better. And, which is a thing you should, you got to know how to play if you're going to drum for a band or a hardcore band. Uh, but anyways, so this band NOM happens and we had practices. We had two shows lined up and one had to get canceled because the bands couldn't come through uh, that were on tour that weekend because uh, of like a snowstorm up their way that stopped them from driving. And then um, the other show we were going to play was then officially going to become our first show, even though it was supposed to be our second. And it was uh, in Virginia Beach um, with Flatline. I'm, I'm not sure who else, but that show I was excited for. But we had to drop because um, my roommate Addison, the vocalist of that band, also Full Measures vocalist, he his dog is old, and this house we've been living in, uh, the wood, the floor is hardwood, and he slipped and he broke his foot. Actually, to be honest, I think he broke his foot outside. But um, he slipped a lot on inside too. So anyway, old dog, slippery floor, walked on like a wonky porch, and he broke his foot. So we had to drop the gig. So we just uh, the other band members were just like, eh, I don't want to do this band. So Nam had a cool demo, and that was pretty much it. Wow. So you guys never played a show? I, I could have sworn no, you guys did. That's crazy. Well, yeah, like I said, they, they both, both first shows we had had a fall through. And mm. by that point, everyone was just like, you know what, let's not do this. Yeah, but it's fine because the, uh, the guitarist, he wrote like all the music, just not the lyrics. Mm -hmm. But he, um, he's in a band called Living in Fear. I think you've heard them. Yeah. Um, they're really good. I hope everyone out there that listens to this goes to check that band out. He writes all of the music for that band as well. That is his pride and joy. He's really passionate about what he writes lyrically and musically. And I just think everyone should listen. All right. And that's that. Living in Fear. Great band. They're on Spotify, Apple. I think Apple. I don't know. I don't do Apple. Yeah, just like for me, like outside looking in, I see you guys put out this demo, which I thought was awesome. Uh, you guys can check it out. It's on Bandcamp. But to put in all that effort and get so close to playing like your you know, first show twice and then it just falls apart, it's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, it definitely sucks. Um, Addison and Strangle Use Guitarist, which is also the guitarist of Living in Fear, 
was also the guitarist of Full Measures, not Nam though. Anyway, mm-hmm. they um, they're slowly but surely working on music for something because Addison um, really wants to front a band again. And uh, either way, we always tease every couple months with our friends that Nam's going to start back up. Uh, it's an ongoing joke that it will. And um, pretty much the bassist would be on board for it. I would be on board for it. And Addison would be the vocalist of Living in Fear, which is, again, uh, the guitarist of Nam. He, if he ever decides, okay, yeah, let's play a show with Nam, then we'll be back on board. But he doesn't seem interested. So until he chimes in with the jokes about it, I don't think it's going to happen. So don't hold your breath. Okay. Um, you talk about how you're such a bad drummer. How do you keep ending up playing drums for these bands? <laughs> well, okay. So full measures, um, basically right as we finished, right as we finished, I started getting kind of good. I started like just trying harder, I guess. Um, and then again, like I said, whenever we first practiced for NOM, uh, I knew I had to play the drums the way he wrote them. So I kept paying attention like that whole week. I was listening to it over and over and over. And we finally practiced. And then um, his pedal, it felt supernatural to me. I genuinely think I would be considered a good drummer if I, like, back when Full Measures was a thing, if I had his pedal versus my pedal. My pedal have, was just like a single chain and his was a double chain, which makes this huge difference. Not double pedal, but double chain. I think that made a huge difference for my for me because my fills and everything were fine. I mean, I don't think I was like, you know, like the next Joey, whatever his face is from Slipknot. I don't, I don't think I was that good by any means um, outside of my pedal technique. However, yeah, I think... I think if I were to drum again, it would be better because I would make sure to have a better pedal. I do think that's all it ultimately was. So my bad to um, everyone that wanted to like Full Measures and my bad to my band members and Full Measures. <laughs> I'm the reason it sucked. So do you think there's a chance we'll uh, play drums in a band ever again? Um, I would think so, actually. Okay, there's another band I had once. Full Measures has been a thing for a while. Then we started this band called malicious wounding luckily full met or malicious wounding didn't have but a couple fast parts and those fast parts were very the music it, it made sense with how simple i made the fast parts so it it was totally fine anyways that band was sick it took off pretty quickly it actually got full measures and itself out to texas uh within a matter of weeks of being a band so um, yeah, anyways, that band was kick-ass. The vocalist didn't want to do it suddenly, and he said we should do it without him, but if you ever hear the band, you'll you'll see that it being what it was was based off of him and his personality, and getting another vocalist just wouldn't fly. It just wouldn't. So we, me and the guitarist, which is also, again, the guitarist of Full Measures and... Um, living in fear as well as strangle you me and him we half-ass um try to make new music that sounds like that like we really try to replicate it for a new band but we um we've been sitting on it for like i would say two and a half to three years now so we're probably never going to get to it but we might get bored one day and do it um 
it sounds almost as good as that band malicious wounding but the thing is for us it has to be better than malicious wounding if we're going to do it because we're really not even i don't know we're not invested into it but it, it was really fun so i would like to drum for a band like that again but we'll just have to see for sure and you still have an awesome band that you guys are all currently doing and it's to be honest at the moment the only priority i have Hell outside yeah. of work for, for sure um can you talk about how you're able to get everybody on board to do strangle you because i know um your drummer sings for another band yes he is in peace of mind um everyone that band is kick-ass if you have not heard of him, which I'm sure you have. Yeah, okay, he's um, so, actually, uh, um, I, I was just setting you up, but yeah, uh, former guest of the podcast, shout out Drew Pledger. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember, I'm pretty positive I've heard his, actually. Um, yeah, so me and, I, I wanted to do vocals for like 11 years. Like basically once I got into hardcore, I wanted to do vocals and uh, just never had the chance and uh that's a good thing because like i said i wrote lyrics for like that first band i had but it was so bad i i don't know i don't want to set myself up for failure now i'm actually i guess i'm ready to do vocals clearly i'm doing it but i guess i'm not like i i think i found the style that i need uh and to do it and do it right anyways um josh the guitarist once full measures broke up and none above me was happening he sent um he wrote all the music including like he had um uh one of those fruit loop, fruity loop drum thing whatever those things that where you can program drums he i'm an idiot i can't even word that right anyways he programmed drums uh for the song professional victim like he wrote it completely on his own not not the lyrics and we didn't even know it'd be called professional victim at the time but he sends me and Addison the song. He says, hey, guys, uh, I don't know if we'll ever have a reason to use this because I know we don't have a band, but if, in case we ever start one or something, just figured you guys would want to hear this. And it was, to me, absolutely sick. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do vocals for, so keep writing more music that sounds like just like this. And he's like, okay, cool. So then um, at one point before that, Jacob, which is in peace of mind as well, Jacob Scott, me and him talked about how cool it would be to uh, write a demo together. Um, and we, he would always, he was always talking about, he, he's coming up with like riffs in his head while he's working. He works like crazy, but he never got, he never had time to sit down for anything. He barely has time for anything. I'm surprised peace of mind works out to be honest. Um, but he never got to writing anything. So I, I send him this um, professional victim, the instrumentals. I said, yo, I said, check this out. I got my friend here that plays guitar. We were in all these bands together. Said, um, he wants to be guitarist of this band. I was thinking you and him both play guitar would make sense. What do you think about this music? And he thought it was sick. And so he said, you know, tell him to keep doing it and we'll do this. And I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, we finally wrote all five songs, which is the whole five song EP, not just the two song demo. 
and I worked really hard on lyrics to make sure they all fit. I had lyrics written already for Professional Victim and the song Mad at God. And I think also Around the Clock, I think I had those lyrics written already. But um, I had to re, um, I had to edit some of that to make it fit better. But yeah, so I just threw lyrics that I had on top and some, you know, I started completely fresh with. And um, I don't know, it just worked. And we couldn't find a drummer that we knew would be consistent. So then he said Drew could do it. And I was like, well, that's not a bad idea because, you know, you guys are always touring and not that it means peace of mind and strangle you should tour together all the time. But obviously we can do that. And on top of doing that, clearly you guys can afford to take off work to go on tours. So that would just be perfect anyways. Let's have him on drums and um, we'll have someone do bass. And um, we're going to have someone here do it. And it just fell through. And then I hit up their guitar, their other guitarist, Peace of Mind's other guitarist, Skyler. Because I knew he already heard the music because Jacob showed it to him, and he genuinely liked it. So I said, yo, will you play bass for Strangle You? And he said, of course. And so that's how it happened. <laughs> I, I took way too long to say all that. I apologize. No, no, it's definitely fine. I like that you're um, detailed and gave us the whole picture. But I, I, I think it's cool that uh, you guys were able to make it work because um, Atlanta uh, to Tulsa, it's kind of a stretch. So you guys are not that close. Yeah, if I'm correct, it's like 12 hours. Yeah. I could be wrong. It could be 10. I'm not entirely sure. But however, that's clearly far. So, yeah, we um, our first practice was and there's a couple different first practices there so all three of those guys are in peace of mind so obviously they live and they live around each other so they practice together and then once they got here for our first show we borrowed someone's practice spot and the guitarist that wrote all the music couldn't be there because he was just getting off of work and had to get shit ready before he could head to the show and um so we practice just a four piece instead of a because we are a five piece band we practice without them and it went pretty smooth and i let them know you know everything went well we were com comfortable with everything we'll kill it at, on you know during the set he's like all right cool we all discussed the order of the set list which is actually just how we released it i'm pretty sure that's um, awesome the music yeah so our first full band practice was our very first set like for everyone playing together. And um, I think if anything, everyone did pretty damn good. Any mess up was just a really funny slight hiccup that we all just kind of laughed off. And it was, it was the time of my life. It was absolutely incredible. So the recording process, did you have to travel out to Tulsa to do the vocals or did you just do it locally and shoot them out? No. So the guitarist here, that the one that lives here, Josh, he has been practicing, um, mastering, mix and mastering stuff um, for years now. Music, um, he gets better and better with each thing he releases. 
such as um, the first thing we released with him was My Band Full Measures, our one and only full length. Um, he recorded everything. It wasn't that great, but like it, it definitely sounded funny. It could have, if it would have sounded more like rough demo quality, it probably would have got a better reaction than it did because it sounded like, like it was, I don't know. It had that clear overproduced sound, but you could tell it, it had something funny about it, but he got better and better than like, there's another band that him and um, my friend Addison were in called threat level. And that shit was really good. So anyways, gets better and better with each release he has, yada, yada. Uh, he recorded his part. He recorded the bass. And then he recorded me. Um, then real drums, the way that happened was Drew couldn't actually, Drew and Jacob could not make the time to record the drums together. Uh, just difficulties with work and whatnot. And so my friend, Chris, uh, I hope I don't butcher his last name can, considering he's my friend, but Chris Rennie, he lives in um, New, on Long Island in New York. He's in a band called Jab, and I think a million other bands. Well, he records, um, I think his studio is called Shellshock Audio, and if I have that wrong, I'm embarrassed. Anyways, he records a lot of bands, and including himself, and I hit him up and said, hey, man, I really hate to ask. I said, would you be able to record yourself drumming for this band? Our drummer cannot make the time to do it. And uh, we, they have a tour coming up, his other band. And our first show is supposed to be with them once they hit Atlanta. I said, I will pay you to record. I will pay you for recording yourself as well. Like I will record, or sorry, I will pay for the talent and the resources. And he said, absolutely. So he absolutely nailed that shit. Um, so yeah, the drums were recorded in New York. Uh, guitar was recorded in Atlanta and second guitar was recorded in Tulsa backup vocals recorded in Tulsa and then also in Atlanta because well Josh had to do guest vocals for one song not guest vocals backup vocals anyway so yeah it's been recorded in like three different states and it was uh, mixed and mastered by Jacob um yeah he mixed and mastered um the whole thing the demo, the two songs, uh, those were Josh. Josh has come pretty far by this point. So I'm mean, like, you know, why don't Josh mix and master the two songs? And then whenever the EP comes out, it will all, including those two songs, be mixed and mastered through Jacob. Because Jacob also records for a living as well as runs a donut shop. So, yeah, I, I know that he um, put out that uh, end on end band. Yes, great band, and um, Skyler, is, he plays in that band. I don't know what he does, but I'm assuming he plays guitar. Uh, but yeah, that band's really good. I'm really excited to see them soon. I'm curious about this donut shop. Have you ever been to it? Uh, I have not, uh, but it's called Hertz Donut. Hertz Donut or Hertz Donuts, I don't know. But anyways, it's, um, it's based out of Springfield, I think, which is where my girlfriend lives. So um, we're playing there, and I'm visiting her um, next week. I think next week. Yeah, next week. So I'm probably going to try the donuts while I'm there. I was just in Tulsa, and I didn't go there while he was working. I should have, but I don't know. I don't I know. Do another sound thing. like a bad friend right now. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> he didn't, he's a bad friend. He never texts me back. 
<laughs> no, that's all good. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna bother you because I, I I have like this um, fascination with food, and um, I just want to know about these donuts. Oh, dude, I, I am a huge foodie. If I'm out of town, I'm spending money on comics for no reason other than I like them. Well, I guess that's the reason itself. But basically, like, I got to see what what comic shops around there. and Do they have something cool behind the shelf that's really expensive? Because if so, I want to buy it. Um, I'm all about the best crepes, which my girlfriend got me into. So shout out to her. And um, coffee. Coffee, comics, and crepes. So the big three C's. Okay. Damn, three C's. The three C's that came in loose by when he's traveling. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned traveling to or going to comic shops when you're on the road. I hold like comic shops like a high standard because like my local shop, shout out to Comic Hero You in Fullerton, um, the owner in Enrique, awesome dude, and it's like more of like a, like a modern shop. So if you're into like Silver Age or um, Golden Age, that's not really the place for you. But for okay. uh, for what it is, I, I think it's awesome. Like it's very organized. Everything's like easy to see. And when I go to like other shops around the area or, or if I'm traveling out of town, like I'm always curious to see what their best shop is. And I always like put the shops that I visit up against like my local shop and a, a lot of them can't compete. And I, I'm always just like so surprised at like how bad comic shops are just like not even like offering like bags of board which i think is like pretty basic i'm like how, yeah, how could you I, like not offer that that's so weird i absolutely hate that so much whenever the comics either not bagged or and obviously with no boards either but even when it's just bagged and there's no board i'm like why why did you do that <laughs> yeah that, that blows my mind i feel like that's just like it's like you're halfway there why don't you put the board if you're putting it in a bag you obviously want to preserve it or have it like yeah, travel well easier the board in too <laughs> Yeah, just grinds my gears. So, like, a lot of shops I, I go in and I'm all, like, I'm, like, a snob. Yeah, I definitely feel that 100%. I'm also, I'm also not that cool because um, I didn't grow up reading comics. I grew up watching, like, cartoons. Okay. Um, and, obviously, like, Marvel cartoons I thought were sick. Um, but I never read comics up until really just Old Man Logan that comic was out and my roommate Addison um, was like at the time we weren't roommates but he let me borrow it he's like dude you gotta read this and I was like I don't know man like I had just watched Logan and I loved how like dark it was it was sad like whenever superheroes die and don't come back to life that like that's a bleak story and I fuck with that so he was like just just read this you'll like it and I loved it and I was already starting to get like really interested into the Punisher because I never when I grew up I didn't really care I just thought it was some gothic weirdo with guns and I didn't think guns were cool growing up. I, I just like like ninja shit. <laughs> but uh, that little I got that. I mean, I think guns are fucking awesome. I mean, not that this has anything to do with conversation, but to be clear, gun control obviously is something I support. However, at the same time, I do love guns. I'm from the south. Like <laughs> guns are fucking sick. Um, but yeah, the Punisher is by this point my all-time favorite but i read old man logan and i saw like you know thor's hammer was like stuck in the ground because he's dead and obviously no one could pick it up and you know captain america was dead this was happened i just thought wow this is so bleak i love this shit so i started reading whatever dark superhero comics i can by that point if i'm actually interested in the universe which i'm really lame and i just stick with marvel when it comes to that 
But however, I I I watch I like watching DC movies such as the um, Dark Knight trilogy. That that shit was absolutely amazing. I like bleak stories, but also don't read that much. <laughs> so sometimes when I'm buying comics, I'm just like I really like the character for what they are. So like this is their first appearance. I want to buy it, um, and I'll just have it just so I can have it. But when it comes to the Punisher. I'm always reading and also Nick Fury if it's printed by Max Comics which is I don't really know much about Max other than it's like basically dark Marvel stories and I guess other stories that aren't Marvel but yeah so Nick Fury if it's printed on Max it's a really dark story and I fuck with it especially if it's written by Garth Ennis for sure I started you know, I was kind of like on a similar path. I like watched like the X-Men cartoon in the nineties, fantastic Four, iron man. Um, but it wasn't until it was summer in 2011, like my friends randomly were just in a comics and nobody told me, I was like, Oh, I was like, cool. Like we stopped playing magic and we're going to read comics. Like I'm down because <laughs> now I could dive a little more into these characters and Right. I, I I like dove like headfirst into it and like I just love reading and I, I just love getting to know the characters on like a more like personal level so yeah. I just loved it and I just became obsessed with it and at the time where I lived there wasn't a comic shop in town so either my friends and I had to like pile in a car and drive like an hour west to Redlands to go to their local comic shop. Um, the only other option we had was uh, buying stuff online and getting it shipped to us. And honestly, that's what I was doing for a long time. I was just buying like full runs off eBay or hitting up like my comic shop. Um, but shipping just killed me and I hated it. Um, but then I moved to Orange County and uh, met a couple people and they showed me that there was like a plethora of comic shops. And like, I felt like I was in heaven because I, was able to just go and just uh, meet people at the local comic shop and make new friends and then also just be able to have them just like way more accessible and like learn because I, I would talk to the owners and, and the people who work there and get their opinions on certain books. Right. Yeah. So actually comics are clearly for a lot of people when you first get into them, you're really confused. You're like, I don't know where to start. There's like 60 fucking years worth of a story. I don't know where to start. Uh, so I would, um, I started off with like, I would watch like variant comics and comics explain like you, it's YouTube channels, uh, just trying to explain. And then I'd, I'd Google from there trying to figure out where I want to start. And obviously everyone says you got to read Garth Ennis' uh, Punisher Max. So what I did was uh, at first I was buying off topic, but still on the topic, I started collecting the Walking Dead volume collections. Uh, okay. It seems like a really easy way to read for a bulk of comics. So, anyways, I don't read those. I just own them, and I like I was reading them. I just stopped. Eventually, I'll probably read the whole story, especially now that it's ended. But um, anyway, so with that being said, I started buying like the Garth Ennis story um, for Punisher. I would read the volume collections. I would buy like one or two at a time. They're pretty pricey, and. Um, then somehow I just kind of realized how you go about collecting them if you want them like oh okay like I want the full story you know there's this many um, issues of it you know um, so if it's like a limited series I'm definitely buying it like then on the spot but if it's like you know 20 or 60 or 70 issues 
worth of story. I'm just going to buy the volume first. And then what I do is if I really like it, I'll slowly but surely collect the issues of that story that I own in a volume collection. So like I have Punisher Max uh, issue number one now because I obviously, like I said, love that story so much. And I'll eventually buy the rest of it. But the way I feel is like I got the volume collection. I can read it anytime. And at least I got issue number one. It's never going to be worth anything. But to me it is because I love the story so much. I'm just glad that I own that issue regardless. It, it's cool that you're super into Garth Ennis, um, especially with like the news coming out last week that he's coming back to Marvel to write two Punisher oh God, miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously, really you know about that. The The first one um, is being called Soviet. Then the second one's supposed to be called Get Fury. So I haven't read the article yet. I've been meaning to, and I just don't. Instead, I actually, I just, people listen to podcasts a lot. You know, it's like I've everyone or people listen to yours. I've listened to yours a lot of times. I'm subscribed to a lot of YouTube channels, and I'll I'll kind of listen to that the way someone does a podcast, like while I'm driving, because for work that's what I do now. Mm-hmm. And um, when I'm going down the road, I'll you know put a, a video on and I'll just listen to it, and I'll listen to like whatever. And I was trying to find Garth Ennis, like you know people talking about the fact he's coming back to so something just to listen instead of read because again i don't read that much but when i do it's you know i will read for quite some time but then i'll be over it but anyways i was trying to see uh if there's anyone talking about it on youtube and there's not because there's no nothing to talk about yet so i didn't really know all that but uh obviously i came across like garth in his interviews and so that's cool with me um i do want to read his preacher now that it's like on tv and it's like something clearly worth reading because it's been made into a tv show and it's by him so i definitely need to get onto that sometime soon as well yeah the book is definitely better than the show oh i i figured i mean and i think for the most part it's really it's got to be hard to you know beat a comic on screen i could be wrong i don't know uh with that being said daredevil and the punisher on netflix were absolutely incredible especially daredevil the people that wrote daredevil on that like the show it was there's there's not many shows like that Dude, that show was absolutely incredible only a few weak moments with the acting but for the most part the acting was insane insanely good and vincent d'onofrio absolutely killed it as wilson fisk and uh wilson Bethel, i think is his name he killed it as bullseye Absolutely. I hope to God they save Daredevil. So with that being said, anyone listening, hashtag save Daredevil. It's a real thing. Do I donate to it or anything? No. However, I fucking hope to God it works. Okay, real quick before I, I start on that, um, before we leave the topic of Garth Ennis, have you had a chance yeah. to watch the series on uh, Amazon, The Boys? Um, I know it's from Garth Ennis, so I will at some point very soon, but I don't, um, I don't have Amazon, whatever the fuck, Amazon screen streaming. Um, I'm sure it's as easy as I just buy the episodes or something, right? Yeah, you could definitely do that. Okay, yeah, then I'll probably be doing that soon because I actually uh, I watched an interview recently with Garth Ennis, like I said, uh, and someone asked him how he feels about the show, and he is actually really excited for the people. Um, he said the cast is absolutely perfect. And 
maybe I'm misquoting that, at least one specific character. Uh, he seems to enjoying the show, be enjoying the show. And if he enjoys it, then it's got to be good because he's really strict on it. Like his opinions are strict. Yeah. And I've seen the entire first season and I'm telling you, like their take on superheroes, the, the way they do the book justice. It, it's amazing. Like before the season actually came out it already got greenlit for a season two because it was just getting okay. so many like like so much high praise and just amazing reviews across the board that's awesome i don't think they should greenly green wow greenlit um sequels to movies shows i feel like are different but movies are different because venom was trash hell yeah and venom 2 is the only reason I will give it a benefit of a doubt is because Andy Serkis is going to direct it. And that dude's like really good at what he does from what everyone says. And he's also, I know he's a good actor and I'm, I'm don't doubt he's a good director since everyone says it. Um, but yeah, uh, I know that Venom was already greenlit for like a trilogy and Sony just fucks everything up. So <laughs> fuck Sony. Well, yeah. So with the when it comes to the boys, I definitely want to see, uh, check it out. And another thing, with that being said, Garth Ennis actually hates superheroes. So if he wrote anything to do with superheroes, it's gotta be amazing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm telling I you, it's, it's 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 awesome. Like I I was hooked from the first episode. I was like, dude, this is gonna be a great season, and. It's it's wild, just the way like, and they don't hold back either because like it's on Amazon, so they don't have to really, um, you know, it's it's an on network television, so they literally go all out. It's pretty fucking cool. That's what I'm talking about, and that's you know, it's not like things got to be rated R to be good by any means. I mean, MCU everything for the most part is fucking awesome, but that shit is not rated R. But I don't know. There's some stories you just you need that. It's not that you need it, but it helps. It really does. Like, again, The Punisher, um, I don't know what TV ratings are, like how that works. I don't think it's considered rated R, but, you know, it was definitely something that wouldn't just be on Disney+, Plus, which is coming up soon and I'm excited for. So, yeah, I don't know. I like the darker shit. It's just how I've always been. Yes. Yeah, speaking of Disney+, Plus, um, I, I know you're pretty excited for that new Moon Knight series coming out. Yes. I was going to buy the his first issue um and then i was like because it was like 25 dollars, and i was like oh that's pretty cool i should buy that because i don't know much about the dude i just i know he's like got mental uh mental health issues that make him it's like a huge part of this character and i was like he seems really interesting i definitely want to invest in him and read about him at some point and then um i didn't and two days later it was his first issue of his his first series. I did it, and then two days later, he was announced for his own show. And I went back to that comic shop to get it. I said, might as well. And they jumped the price up uh, 10 bucks. But it was it was funny. I was like, damn it, I didn't get the steal. Yeah, I definitely like like that and hated it at the same time because like when they did all those um, did all those announcements for Disney Plus, I I was just like thinking I was like oh man I was like I bet all my She Hulk books are probably jumping up in price. Yeah, uh, with that that's funny you say that because um, that same day I went in there to buy Moonlight and they jacked the price up uh, ten bucks. It's because obvious reasons he was he's announced for a show but they had a she-hulk 
her first, if I'm right, it's her first series, which is only like four issues, or at least they had her first four issues. I'm not entirely sure how that goes with her because I don't know anything about her. But um, other than she's a lawyer and she's green like Hulk, obviously, because she is Hulk. Um, but in girl form. Anyways, they were selling all four issues for like 24 bucks total. And I thought about buying it, but I was like, Kevin, you just got your promotion. You need to get out of debt. Stop buying shit you don't care about. I definitely or get that. But if you, or if and when you decide to um, read Moon Knight, one of my favorite um, runs was, um, it's like the sixth series in his entire run. It's um, written by Jeff Lemire. It's so awesome. Is it lunatic? No, no, it, it's just... Uh, him like it starts off with like uh him in like a psych ward okay and all right well then it sounds good to me that sounds dark enough as long as it's dark yeah i mean again like i said i love all the i love like the mcu and for the most part it's never dark except for like when thanos snapped everyone fuck him for that uh but um no i'm just kidding thanos is cool i fuck with him but yeah um and it, it doesn't get dark obviously in the mcu for the most part but um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like reading things that aren't dark. So as long as it's dark, I'm going to read it. However, I love watching things that aren't dark, such as most MCU movies. Yeah. Uh, you'll definitely get your fix for Moon Knight because he's, he's a real interesting character and I, I'm, I'm really curious and I hope, um, Disney is going to, you know, do the character justice and not hold back on him having like, all these like mental yeah. issues. Yeah, I hope they don't either um, because, you know, I mean, again, I know at least that much of him and I definitely don't want that to be, you know, sugar-coated. But again, it being on Disney+, Plus, um, I do have my doubts. Um, I wish that they would have put it on Hulu because I know that they own Hulu and they're going to, they're allegedly going to put some darker comic shows on there, but um I, that's why I'm actually surprised Moon Knight's gonna not gonna be on there. But I don't know. We'll just have to see. I guess I'm really excited for Disney Plus. However, like regardless. Yes, I, I feel like. Uh, did you watch the trailer for the Mandalorian that they released at D23? Uh, I didn't. I saw. I saw a little bit of of it where there's like a lot of stormtrooper heads on sticks. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that looked cool to me. However. I'm not into Star Wars, and I hate that I'm not because I feel like that would be great to have. I got all the Marvel entertainment. I would love to have Star Wars entertainment, too, and feel like I'll never run out of entertainment. However, I'm just not into Star Wars. And is that because it's in space or is it a little, like, too futuristic for you? I do not know. I just have never cared, Um, and that could be it. But with that being said, I mean, a lot of Marvel is insanely futuristic, but something about it comes off more relatable. It's when it, but I also am judging a book by its cover because I'm sure mm. Star Wars has a lot of dark feeling to it. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I just don't want to give it the chance. I never, like when I was younger, I don't know, like I watched one movie and just don't fucking remember which one. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't recall being interested. Well, I hope at some point in your life you find the time to watch at least um, 
episodes one through nine nine's coming out in December because I feel like those movies are definitely amazing one two and three get a lot of flack but I, I still I still feel like they're important to the to the bigger picture um, so you, you should definitely give it a try because I, I feel like it's just so great and I don't think you should pass it up uh, okay so I can I can take that into consideration to be honest okay because uh, I mean they Star Wars has like one of the biggest fan bases in the world so like I crazy gotta do something to it so, like I'm never gonna like I'm not one of those people that feel like going against the grain by saying Star Wars sucks I feel like that's just rude there's a big fan base out there mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and they clearly give a shit so something's got I mean not really you can you can think anything sucks just because other people like it doesn't matter obviously I'm just saying like clearly there's something special to it I just I haven't seen it for myself and I don't feel like giving it that chance yet but also I do think at some point I will I didn't want to give a lot of things chances, and I felt so stupid about MCU. Actually, I used to, I would, I love Tobey Maguire Spider Man. As weird as it is, and unpopular of an opinion, um, I liked the Amazing Spider Man at the time. I wasn't stoked on a third Spider Man. I didn't pay attention to how it all worked. I was just like, I'm about sick of motherfuckers rebooting Spider Man all the time. So I wouldn't give it a shot. And my friends like, dude, they're like. Addison actually I was at his old apartment his and his wife they're like dude watch this with this and I was like man I was like all right so like I saw Tony Stark was in it I was like oh okay Iron Man I saw that when I was younger um so he's in it okay cool and then I thought that movie was insane so then I was like all right so give me the list of all the movies and how to watch them so I started watching all the MCU movies and I finished them all within like two weeks I think and and I was like, yeah, what what the fuck was I thinking not watching all these movies? So so now I'm clearly invested to, in everything, except for, like, most of the TV shows is really just Daredevil and The Punisher, which I've watched Daredevil before I watched all the MCU movies because I just got into it before he talked me into watching all the MCU movies. That's crazy. But now it's funny because now I'm obsessed and I go to like every single, every time a movie comes out, I'm seeing it like within the first week of it being out, if not the night of. Yeah, I'm definitely the same way. Uh, the only movie I was late on, I, I wasn't like the biggest fan of the the Thor series at first. Uh, then I watched them and I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know why I, I put them off for so long, but they're actually pretty good. Yeah, well, for me, I in a lot of things, I'm a... I think they call it a completionist. Okay. If that's an actual word. But yeah, so like I, I was like, all right, if I'm going to watch all these, I'm going to watch them in order and I don't want to skip one. He's like, you can watch, you can skip the Incredible Hulk if you want, but there's still reasons to watch it. It's all, I mean, it's still connected, but it's like Edward Norton and it's just honestly not a good movie. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to watch it anyways. I didn't like it. Um, Edward Norton's a good actor. I just I didn't like the movie. It was a bad movie. It seems like anytime they make they've made a Hulk movie, which I guess has just been two so far, and then the live actions from like you know like with um, the the TV shows, yeah, those um, back in those days. But yeah, those they just always come off to be like a total bust. However, if they made a Hulk movie now with Mark Ruffalo, I think it would be insanely good. But it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I I think they definitely nailed him in Endgame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, 
I, I miss my fucking Hulk that smashes everything and is angry. And now he's, but he's he's like a retired dad now. Mm-hmm. It's like all about peace, love, and happiness. But you know, it's cool, whatever. Yeah, and, and it sucks. Like I I I understand why like Marvel had to sell off like the rights back in the '90s to all, all these other companies. Yeah. But uh, but I'm happy because I, I I if I stay alive long enough, I'll be able to see. A Marvel Studios X Men film. I'll be able to see a Marvel Studios Fantastic Four film because those two teams are very important to me because that's like that was my childhood. So seeing um, them come out under the Fox banner and them like X Men was okay, not like the best thing. I, I honestly think Days of Future Past is the best X Men movie to come out, and the newest Fantastic Four wasn't the worst. Like I feel like it was passable, but they've been done like super dirty to the point where like Marvel won't even want to like talk about them or have them even have comic books coming out. So right. now that they're under Disney, under Marvel Studios, where they should be, I'm like super excited, and I can't wait until people finally see how important the Fantastic Four are to the universe and how awesome they actually are when they're done right. Right. So I, I totally um, agree with that. Though I don't know anything about Fantastic Four uh, because I mean, again, I watched the cartoons when I was younger, but that was mostly like X Men and Spider Man. I don't even remember what else, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so like. I'm really excited to see X-Men done right. Um, I am also excited about Fantastic Four because I know but that it will be done right, and then I will think, wow, this is amazing. I mean, they made us fucking care about Ant-Man. Who the fuck cares about Ant-Man? You know what I'm saying? But we do now. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, I trust anything that they come out with. Again, even with Moon Knight, like, I want him to be, like, I want it to be a dark story that we get, but, I mean, regardless... I'm sure it will be, but I know it could be better by being on Hulu. But yeah, I'm I'm just I trust that they'll do right um, with everything. I just don't get this whole Spider-Man issue at all. I fucking hate Sony. Uh, they are idiots. And uh, either way, them and Disney are both being greedy in their own way. So it's a uh, really unfortunate. But uh, yeah, back to that. I'm really excited for X-Men and uh, Fantastic Four. But that being said, I'm also really excited to see a new Wolverine because. A lot of people are like, no, it has to be Hugh Jackman, but I don't want Hugh Jackman to come back because it's going to rob the movie Logan. I think that movie was phenomenal. And if honestly, Dark Phoenix, that robbed Logan. Logan should have been the final one, excluding the Deadpool movies. Logan should have been the last one when it came to X-Men movies for Fox. So, Well, you know, there's one more. There needs to not be one more. Well, they shelved it, um, but honestly, I, I, oh, are you talking about New Mutants? Yeah. Oh, that would have been that would have been fine. Uh, actually, I think um, I would have been down for that one. I should say Logan and then New Mutants could have came out, but now there's not much reason for New Mutants to come out because unless they're gonna like, I don't know, fucking, you know, show us that. And like 10 years after they've done X-Men, like once they redo X-Men, there's just, there's not a point of it. Fox universe is like that Fox X-Men universe is dead. So I feel like there's no point in showing it unless they just kind of throw it on Disney plus or something. And they're like, here, this was made at one point. Yeah. I I feel like the only 
the only person I feel bad for is Ryan Reynolds because his Deadpool was amazing. Like obviously in X Men Origins, it was like super whack, but then he came back and like I, I I'm not a Deadpool fan, and I I think that character's whack. But the first two movies were amazing. And I'm just like really hoping they don't trash him and just like forget about Deadpool because you, you could literally throw him in anywhere and he could easily just fit in. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they they've talked about he is supposed to be the Deadpool once they bring him into the MCU. Uh, they say that's the only one that's like you know still coming back. Um, and I don't know if it'll be if he'll be a new. Deadpool or like that same one like how did I get into this universe you know it's some joke like that but also feel like they won't let him break the fourth wall and if they do I think they'll do it in a really unique way where it doesn't I don't know I feel like if the, if he did it the way he does in his own movies um, over in the Fox universe it would be if he did it that way in the MCU it would it would just kind of change the way we look at the MCU and so I don't think that would be a good idea, but I, I feel like they'll do it in a way that doesn't, you know, do what I'm saying it's going to do. Uh, but yeah, no, he is supposed to, Ryan Reynolds is supposed to continue being Deadpool. Just, it might be like either it'll be Deadpool three or just a complete reboot, but him as Deadpool. And I think what they should do, I, uh, one dude on YouTube said they should do it. And I, I agree. Uh, Deadpool three boot. That and like a reboot, but it's like the third movie. That would be hilarious. That would totally fit his character. That's really clever. Right. I, I like that a lot. I actually, I really hate Thanos being dead because I swear he could have just interrupted Thanos as Thanos is talking and just been like, do I know you from somewhere? And then Thanos would just be like, you know, I've never met you in my life. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure I know you from somewhere. Because, you know, it's Josh Brolin, which is Cable. Mm -hmm. So that would be hilarious. But, you know, Thanos is dead, so that won't happen. Well, if you remember, in Endgame, by the end of it, they opened up like six other timelines. So there could be a chance he comes back, maybe. That's true. But also... I don't know. Let's move on. I want Galactus. <laughs> Yo, no, we're moving in that direction. Like that's what, because Thanos is like super strong. They got rid of him. And I think that's what they're going to build towards because they're, they have Captain Marvel they need to come out with a no, like a Nova movie, which I'm surprised wasn't in phase four. I'm actually not sure who that is. He's part of the Nova Corp. You see the Nova Corp. Oh, okay. Nova. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you said Nobu. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. No, Nobu. that's a dare. Well, that's a daredevil guy. Don't worry about Nobu. Oh, really? Okay, I got you. Well, something I didn't know. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Nova. I don't know anything about him, but I do know who you're talking about, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to show up pretty soon. Um, I would imagine, even if it's not his own movie. I bet he'll probably get like an appearance and then show up in phase five or something. I could imagine they're about to do so much. Plus all the TV shows coming out, yeah. which is cool that they're, you know, making the TV shows connect with the movies. Well, all this time they did a good job of that early on with the TV show on ABC agents of shield. I don't know if you ever watched yeah. it. Yeah. 
I haven't watched it, but I know it was like it had a lot of uh, references, and they even brought Samuel L. Jackson in, and then um, what's his name Cole or whatever that was obviously in the movies, and then um, in that show. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what's his name? Agent Cole. Yeah, Colson. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Coulson. like. I fuck with that guy. It, when like civil war happened when like uh hydra came out of hiding uh it definitely like uh, affected the show and they definitely referenced the battle of new york a, a couple times and I, when the show got first announced they definitely promised like uh, cameos from like people from the movies but the only ones though the only person that ever did was uh, um nick fury yeah yeah it's unfortunate that it wasn't that easy for that but it's same with um daredevil they you know, at first you got all this like Battle of New York references, and then my friend was uh, Addison was like, "Yeah, when they say that, when you because I I told him like, yeah, they mentioned Battle of New York. That's from like one of the movies, right?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and I was like, "Oh, that's sick." So then you know, like I said, he finally got me into watching Spider Man. I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna watch it all now." That I, I know it's all connected, and I like Daredevil. I like this movie. I'm sure I like it all. So, anyways, yeah, I like the small references they were doing for. They did that, and he, they also did it for, like, Jessica Jones, I think, which I gave up on that show quickly, surprisingly. I know it's a good show from what people say, but I just couldn't get into it after one scene. I just thought, man, this acting sucks, so I stopped. However, knowing that it was all considered connected was sick. That's why I really hope they saved Daredevil, and, like, you know, they don't reboot it or recast them. Honestly, if they reboot it, it'll bum me out, but if it's the same actors, that would make me happy. And I could deal with that. Those actors just, they loved their job and you could see it. Out of all the Netflix series, Jessica Jones was my favorite. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's the, the best one in my opinion overall. Um, second place is definitely Daredevil. Like Daredevil is like one of my favorite superheroes in general. And I honestly don't think it's going to come back. But what I wish would happen is uh, them just to take the entire cast and be like, okay, Daredevil, um, Netflix Marvel's over, but we're going to take all of you and we're going to just keep it going under a new umbrella. You're with Disney Plus now. And maybe they can't take it as far with all like the blood and stuff. But if they could keep the same cast, like it would just be a dream. And that that's what I feel like too. That or... Or they even they've had talks of like, like Hulu has had talks of being they're interested in taking it back up. But of course, each show uh, on Netflix once it got that said show got canceled, it can't be rebooted or revived for at least two years. So the problem with that is um, the actors might move on to something else. However, if they don't, when that two years is up, they'll probably. Uh, be called in for an audition so they can, you know, see if they're worthy of being that character whenever they either revive the show or reboot the show, whatever the case may be. Um, and luckily like Vincent D'Onofrio is, is very possible. He'll come back cause he wants to come back. Charlie Cox, uh, really loved daredevil. Uh, and he's even mentioned that campaign save daredevil. He's mentioned it on like at, at conventions. So I'm, I'm pretty sure if he doesn't move on, he'll be Daredevil once they bring Daredevil back, even if it's, you know, reboot, but keep the same cast. And that would be, like I said, and you just said, I would be cool with that. However, if they could at least, I would just, I would love if they kept the continuity 
and just I don't know even if it was like no more TV shows but like wrap it up with a good movie and then after that we could start seeing these all these characters like come in other movies here and there or something I would be cool with that too just those actors were very special honestly for what they did with the characters one of my dreams and this happened early on like when Daredevil season one came out it got like it was the first uh, and it got so much like high praise and just the quality of that show was amazing. Charlie Cox was calling uh, for uh, at least a cameo in an Avengers film and it never happened. But I, I feel yeah. like I feel like he's good enough and like that whole cast is good enough to maybe even just not give him another TV series, another TV series, excuse me, and just bump him up and give him like a movie. Yeah, and and that's that's something I think they could do, and they could definitely have Kingpin um, in that as well as Bullseye because you know they set Bullseye up for season four. And oh yeah, there's yeah there's apparently they already had season four ready to go, um, but we don't get to know what it was. But it had a lot to do with Bullseye clearly. So you know even if they don't do a show like I said movies would be cool and then like just give us Kingpin and Bullseye dude that's that's a, if we just get those villains we'll be fine um they were just so so fucking awesome Yeah yeah I don't know man uh, it, it, like it bums me out like sometimes like when I think about how all that went down because you think about they were just riding this crazy high season after season just of just great TV and then obviously a bigger picture um, Disney's going to do their own streaming and that is a big conflict so they just had to just cut it literally the, like the rug yeah. pulled out from underneath us yeah it was a bummer I do understand business standpoints on why those kind of decisions are made but at the same time like i definitely don't think it helped netflix at all even if they were doing it to save money because i mean like they're losing subscribers which i mean you know i'm actually stoked on that because like that just i just want them to regret it <laughs> just me just being very selfish but you know i don't know they got to start pushing that's also another good thing about disney plus that's gonna that's gonna motivate um, streaming serve other streaming services. They're gonna they're gonna have to start, you know, treating it like a big competition. Like they're gonna have to try really hard and push out. That means we're gonna get more and more content. Like we're gonna get all these shows from Disney and movies, of course, and then all these shows and movies from Netflix. They're already doing so many now. But think about it. You watch you watch all the ones that are told to be good, and then you're bored trying to figure out what you should watch next. Now we're never gonna like run out of entertainment. Unless, of course, Netflix goes out of business completely in the next few years, which I could see that happening. Um, but I don't know. They're going to be forced to push out more and more content, and I'm sure they'll have they'll realize they need to focus on making it all as good as you know their good shows. Because a lot of this shit sucks. A lot of this shit that comes on Netflix sucks, but a lot of it is incredible. So I don't know. They're really going to have to up their game once Disney Plus is out. Yo, I just got into that Netflix show, Mindhunters. Oh, okay. I've heard about it. You've talked about watching it. However, we have not yet, but I do have high hopes in that show. 
Yeah, it's super awesome. I uh, I was kind of skeptical because I'm not really into that kind of stuff. But then when I watched the show, I was like, damn, this is like really entertaining. Yeah. So I my girlfriend, I think maybe she watched an episode or two and she says she wasn't into it. But now that season two's out, we just watched uh, we just finished up with this show. It's not done yet, but we watched all three seasons or parts is what they call it. Um, Money Heist. It's really good. It's um, recorded in Spanish, but they do a uh, voiceover in English as well as more accurate subtitles. Uh, it's really good. But we just watched that, and now we're like, damn, what to watch now? So I think we'll end up watching Mindhunter for sure because we've mentioned it. Hell yeah, that's awesome. It's definitely really good. And like season two just came out, like I think like last week, and it's super sick. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking the more to watch the better. Okay. So going back to going way back to strangle you, you guys put out the, uh, would you call it an EP or a demo? Uh, yeah. So the band being so far away from each other, um, could have just put out two songs and left it at that for a while. But I was like, yo, let's do two songs. For a demo, I'll because I, I wanted I wanted specific art for the first release, but I wanted for the whole thing I wanted um, something more um, relating to the the specific song I wanted to highlight. So anyway, so I paid art for a demo and an EP, and I was like, you know, the EP is those two songs that'll be on the demo plus three other songs. So let's go ahead and do this though. So and we release it all right before our last show, our, our first show, not last show. Um, so we have enough songs to play live that people may be familiar with. Cause I didn't want to just release like two songs and then play a show and then people not know the other songs. But I said, what I wanted to do was release the demo because I wanted to use specific art to introduce the band. And so, you know, we put out the demo and then uh, 10 or 11, maybe 12 days later, the whole thing came out, which was, you know, titled Problem. And it was more relatable artwork to what the band's main song is. Not main song, but, you know, the self-titled EP. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I wanted I wanted the artwork for the demo to be portraying what the band is called again strangle you and clearly you can see in the demo a dude strangling someone but if you pay attention to his face the art for problem is the same guy and he's just like pulling out his hair yeah and the the art style is really interesting like interesting because it kind of looks like it could be um like a japanese manga uh yeah so i actually brandon watkins um what is he guitar maybe or bait? No, he's guitar and you're of the knife. He drew it. And, uh, yeah, me, I told him like, I haven't read much Frank Miller actually at all, but I, I am collecting porn again right now. Um, so I can read that whole thing. But yeah, I told him, I said, based on like Frank Miller's art that I have seen, this reminds me of Frank Miller. And he was like, Oh, I appreciate that. That's, actually a big compliment and then um i mean yeah dude that dude brandon he kills it and yeah yeah oh i could definitely see what you're talking about i don't read manga i said that right 
right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, I don't read manga at all, but um, but yeah, I can definitely see it, and I just I know that because my roommate Addison, again, I've mentioned a million times tonight, he reads manga, so yeah, I definitely can see that. (laughs) So we're we're coming in on the end of the year. Do you guys have any plans to play any more shows? Are you guys going to take it easy? Uh, so, you know, first show was Atlanta. A few days later was Tulsa when I, me and the guitarist here flew out there. And, um, that guitarist won't be at our next show because I mean, he, I can't expect all these guys to fly everywhere to play these shows. But yeah, peace of mind is playing a show in Springfield next week. So we managed to get put on it too. And, um, yeah, so we're playing Springfield as our third show. So I'm really excited about that that's where my girlfriend lives uh so i'm actually just i was already going out there to visit and then found out that they were playing a show there i was like hey you know i don't want to punish the guy that's putting on the show but he hit my girlfriend up asking if she knew any bands that uh could play like specifically locals and she made sure to get or she mentioned a local or two and they are added fortunately but uh, she mentioned us and then Jacob in peace of mind also mentioned to the guy about strangle you and so it worked itself out and we got to play or we get to play hell yeah just by chance things just kind of fell into place yeah it was it was really convenient timing for me to be going to visit my girlfriend hell yeah well I'm stoked for you guys because honestly, everybody that I've told to check you guys out have said the music was cool. It got a lot of um, comparison to Criminal Instinct, and I'm just like really stoked for, for you guys. And I'm just happy that the music's finally out there and people are starting to listen and take notice. Yeah, I'm genuinely surprised. Um, I guess that's just because I like hold myself at a, like a lower standard than um i would expect i don't know i expect certain people's bands to blow up based on like who they are or whatever i didn't really um like i do know a lot of people but uh understandably not everyone in the world likes me and that's fine because i don't like everyone i'm just um i'm just me i'm a dork but um yeah people seem to really like it and i mean i understand simply because I didn't write the music and I know the music's fucking awesome. Um, that's not me shitting on myself because like I said about drums earlier, it's just, I'm just saying like the music is absolutely incredible. Now, you know, do people like the lyrics, uh, or the vocal sound? I have no idea. Um, I hope they do. Um, it seems like they do. Um, so that's really exciting, but I personally understand people liking the band solely on the music alone. And, that is good enough for me because I'm still um, doing my thing. I've I've never got to express myself uh, to this degree, and I finally get to. And like I don't, you and me have never met in person, but dude, I'm I'm a dork. Um, and when I get anxious, I don't realize it. Like <laughs> my voice gets like high, uh, high pitched, a uh, more high pitched than it probably is. I don't know if it is right now or not, but. I don't know. I'm a total fucking nerd, but, um, but I have my issues and I've always wanted to write about them. And now I'm, you know, writing about whatever I can think about that pisses me off. And that's just the best feeling in the world, especially kids singing along to it, which 
that that's I take it what I just said back that is the best feeling in the world hell yeah that's super awesome um I feel like this is a good place to wrap things up yeah and I would say so man Honestly, from the group chat to the podcast, I'm super happy that we're able to get this done. Me too. Um, I mean, you know, we've talked about it forever ago, and goddamn, if this band didn't take forever to get off the fucking ground. But um, yeah, so actually doing it, it's it's crazy. Once things finally started, like you know, coming in motion, uh, it felt everything felt rushed and by that point which it was clearly was not rushed it's just i don't know i'm just like am i sure this is happening right now and then by that point it's like i don't get to like sit and savor it i just like i'm on the move of getting it done and it, it is crazy i'm ready for i'm ready to be i'm ready to be used to being in the band so things that I can actually just sit and enjoy it a little bit more because I've actually just been like really anxious and making like trying to make sure everything runs smoothly that I like our first show by the time I realized it the shit was over and I was like oh okay I, I did good I think well okay I, I enjoyed this but I didn't get to like simmer in it if that makes sense luckily yeah. it was recorded though so like I can watch it and then actually take it in a little better for sure well want to say thank you again i i really appreciate this and i hope the best for strangle you and i'm sure you know kids are gonna love you as soon as they find out and i would love to have you on again in the future oh absolutely i would absolutely love that um and as soon as we're able to get out that way you know i obviously want to go to california i've never been to california in my life and i've always wanted to um obviously i i plan on go i you know i just got this promotion not that long ago so uh i do plan on going to sound and fury next time um so i should be there uh and i mean hopefully i can actually get out there to play before then i really do want to go to california hang out with people I know out there and, you know, meet new people's cool, uh, food, you know, all that good shit. So yeah, hope to be out there as soon as possible. Should be. Well, hope to see you soon. Sorry, I broke up. What was that? Uh, I said, well, yeah, hopefully we get to see you soon. Absolutely. I am looking forward to whenever that is, I will make it happen one way or another. All right. Well, there you have it. Everybody do yourself a favor and go check out strangle you on every major streaming platform and on Bandcamp. This has been awesome. Thank you again. Came in. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. All right, guys. It's been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. <laughs>